Good morning. I, uh, I was really excited when Pastor Scott asked me to preach um, this month. I thought I would be preaching to actual, uh, actual human faces in the pews, but sadly, um, that's not the case. But you know, it's kind of nice preaching to nobody and preaching to a camera because anytime I tell um, a lame joke uh, I, no, and no one laughs, then I, I don't hear crickets and there's not dead silence in the pews. I can just pretend that you're all laughing along at home and you thought it was really funny. So expect a lot of pretty crappy, lame jokes today as I preach again. And you know, um, I was inspired years ago, probably a few years ago, by a really good Matt Chandler sermon. If you don't know who Matt Chandler is, he's a, an amazing pastor, amazing speaker, one of my favorite preachers. Um, so if my sermon sucks, you can just go find his on YouTube or whatever. And I was inspired by Pastor Scott on Easter Sunday. One of his main points um, was he alluded to what I'm going to preach on today. So when Scott said, preach from what's on your heart, I had to preach um, from this passage in Mark 9. Um, you might not know this, but my favorite verse in the entire Bible is Mark 9, 24. Um, so naturally I was like, I have to preach on Mark 9. It's been on my heart for so long. Um, and Scott said, preach what's on your heart. So here we go. I think, I think this passage is huge for our humanity. And I think this is one of the most powerful and amazing truths for us as followers of Jesus in the entire word of God. So I really want to dive in um, to Mark 9 today. I would like to read, I know we've heard it already, but I'd like to reread Mark 9, 20 to 25. And it goes, and they brought the boy to him. And when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, I think that's kind of funny. Jesus is probably like, come on, man. Um, but if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. This is huge. This is huge for us as humans and huge for us as followers of Jesus. Um, I find this passage of scripture one of the most uh, powerful and encouraging and hope-giving passages in the Bible. So my prayer and hope this morning is that you feel encouraged and hopeful um, after you listen to this. I really want to focus on verse 24, though. I believe, help my unbelief. I believe, help my unbelief. I'm going to be real with you today. Um, not that I'm not real with you. I, I should probably say I'm going to be vulnerable with you. Um, but sometimes, uh, definitely a lot of the time through COVID, I've been just cruising social media. I've been reading or watching the news I, um, I just see everything that's happening in the world around us, in our country, in our city, and in our neighborhoods. And I think to myself, it would be a lot easier um, if I didn't believe in anything at all. You know, um, how do I make sense of all this stuff that happens in the world? Um, how can it all happen? Um, it can be discouraging, overwhelming, and sometimes downright bad for my walk with Christ. Um, I get caught up in this broken world and don't know where to go, and I struggle with doubts and fears and questions daily, um, which is why this 
particular verse in Mark 9, Mark 9, 24, um, has become a daily prayer of mine. I try and pray it daily. Um, It's one of the most poignant verses in the entire word of God. Jesus had just told a desperate father that his son can be healed if he believes. And in one of the most powerful displays of vulnerability, the father submits what faith he has alongside his fear and doubts. He submits what faith he has alongside his fear and doubts. He says, I believe, but I'm not entirely sure. I believe, help my unbelief. I relate to that so much. Um, And I want to draw three things out of this passage that I think can teach us, inspire us, and encourage us today. So number one, I want to say this. God wants all of us. God wants all of us. And that's not just the good parts. It's the weak parts. It's our sinful parts. It's our doubt and our fear. God wants all of us. Um, When I was looking up uh, some commentary on this passage, I found this quote from BibleReference.com, and it says, it says this about Mark 9. This father is our understanding that God wants all of us, not just the holiness of the Pharisees in Matthew 5.20, not just the bold confidence of the Syrophoenician woman in Mark 7.24-30, not just the adoration of Mary in John 12.3, God even wants the limitations of Peter in John 21, 15 to 19. He even wants the terrible miscalculations of Paul, 1 Timothy 1, 13. And he even wants the doubt of this father in Mark 9. The reason why I bring this up is because God wants all of us. He doesn't just want us to come to him when we're feeling great and feeling super confident and faithful. Um, we can go to God when we have doubts when we have fears, when we have questions, when we're scared, when we're lonely, God wants all of us, not just the good parts. He wants the grimy inside parts as well. God wants all of us. And number two, God still has compassion on us and loves us in our human weakness. God still has compassion on us and loves us in our human weakness. Um, I can I can probably guarantee, but I'm not entirely sure. This father probably didn't have an advanced education in God's power, um, faithfulness, and love, uh, but he knew what it meant to be a father, and he was desperate, and he would do anything for his son. He maybe didn't understand at the time, he didn't understand Jesus' power and authority, but he trusted just enough that something could happen, something amazing could happen. I believe, help my unbelief. Um, And what happens next? Immediately in verse 25, Jesus casts out the spirit from the boy. Even amid the father's doubt, Jesus still had compassion on him and his son. Um, And I think that we can relate to that so much. Even amid our doubts and fears and our weakness as humans, as sinful people, um, God still loves us and has compassion on us. And that is an amazing truth. that I don't want to overlook. And I think uh, definitely in this passage, there's so many different things happening um, that sometimes we overlook this little verse, Mark 9, 24. Um, so that's why I'm focusing so hard on it today. But the last and third thing, God is not afraid of our doubts, fears, and questions. God is not afraid of our doubts, fears, and questions. Um, God created us. We are made in his image. Jesus came to this earth as a man. Um, He walked in his humanness on this earth. He knows what we struggle with. He knows um, our temptations. He knows our human 
body. He knows our weaknesses and our struggles. God knows that we will struggle. God knows that we will have doubts and fears, and he is not afraid of that. So going back to my first point, God wants all of us. God's not afraid. That's why he wants all of us. We can bring our doubts and our fears and our questions to God. Um, and this is the beautiful truth, the big thing that I want to draw, draw out of this um, passage from Mark 9. If you remember anything from my sermon, it should be this. God is still at work even amid our human weakness. Even um, in my human weakness, in your human weakness, God is always moving and always working. His kingdom is always advancing. And that is beautiful. It's amazing. It's one of the most powerful life-giving truths that I can think of from the word of God. And I honestly never thought I would preach anything from from Jude or ever use it in a sermon. But in Jude um, chapter one, verse 22 It says, be merciful to those who doubt. Um, God is merciful to us in our doubt, in our fears, in our weakness. He loves us and has compassion on us. God is always working. God is always moving. God is always working and moving in our lives, even in our human weakness. Um, You know, some of you might remember uh, in 2004, Um, If you're a hockey fan, you definitely remember. If you're a Flames fan or a Vancouver Canucks fan, you remember. So in 2004, I was 14. Um, I had never seen the Flames, the Calgary Flames, uh, play in the playoffs because we weren't very good. We weren't a very good team um, when I was growing up. So we made the playoffs in 2004. Um, We're playing the Vancouver Canucks, probably one of my more... um, Dislike teams that I can think of other than the Oilers. I know we have some of those fans in here. But um, yeah, so we're playing the Canucks first round, and we're actually up three games to two. We might actually, um, we just made the playoffs. I've never seen uh, my team in the playoffs, and we're going to win, possibly win um, a round, the first round. So we're up three games to two. We could, we could win this series, and I remember being so excited. Um, I was with my dad. Uh, we, like, made nachos. I had a Coca-Cola. You know, I was 14. I, I couldn't have a beer, right? I can't have a beer and watch the game at that age. But I, was, I had my Coke. I had my nachos. We had our snacks. We were all so excited. We're like, we could win. We, we were just, like, pumped. We, we knew something amazing was going to happen. And instantly as the game starts, um, we get scored on, and then we get scored on again, scored on again, scored on again, and next thing we know, we're down 4 nothing at the end of the second period. And I remember turning to my dad that night and being like, should we even watch the third period? Or just, just like, let's just go to the next game and hope we win that one. And we, 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 are, we went from excitement to not believing that we were gonna win the game. We were like, you know what? Oh, I, don't, I, I just don't think it's possible. But for some reason, we're like, let's just, maybe something amazing could happen. I don't think it will, but maybe something amazing could happen. Let's just watch the third period. And sure enough, we're watching the third period, and we score four goals, tied up 4-4, and the game ends up going to triple overtime. Um, We ended up losing the game, but we ended up winning the series because we're the better team. But I'm telling this story because... uh, we, we were watching the game, we were so excited, and as soon as we knew that we probably weren't going to win, we, we lost our faith. We are like, you know what, nah, it, 
I don't, I don't think something's going to happen, but we're going to watch the third period just in case something amazing could happen. And I think, honestly, in my life, I don't know about you, but in my life, that is where my faith is at a lot of the time. I'm like, God, I know something amazing can happen, and I know you can do amazing things, but I'm not entirely sure. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not entirely sure I believe. And that's where my faith is at so much and I want to tell you today, if, if that's where your faith is at or you find yourself in that situation, that's okay. Because even when we're at that spot, God is always working in our lives. God is always working in our neighborhoods. God is always working in our city. God is working in our country. God is always working in the world. His kingdom is always moving and he uses broken people to advance his kingdom, luckily for us. So, like, you know what, this is not um, judging you. He's not up there being like, you know what, this Eric doesn't have enough faith today. Um, you know, just check it off on the list. He's not doing that. He has compassion on us. He loves us. He's merciful to us. And he even works through us um, in our weakness. And I think that is why this verse, Mark 9, 24, is such a powerful and amazing truth for me. I love this passage of scripture because it inspires me and encourages me. And I hope you feel encouraged and hopeful today, even when you're, you have questions, you're doubting, you're scared, you're lonely, you're anxious. Um, God is working in your life. And I, I love that. And I hope you love that today too. Um, I wanna close with this verse from Isaiah 41, 13. For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we, we know that uh, we're sinful, broken, um, weak people, and sometimes we, we can fall in um, to doubting and to being fearful and to um, just the weight of the world overwhelming us, discouraging us, and Lord, um, I know personally that I'm there a lot of the time, but I think one of the most amazing truths um, of your wonderful character is that you still love us and you still have compassion on us. And God, you're not gonna abandon us because we have doubts or fears or our faith isn't where it's supposed to be. God, you are always working and you're always moving. And I think that's so encouraging. And I pray that as we go into this week, Lord, um, as we go into our day-to-day -day lives, uh, when we go to work, when we go to school, when we're with our friends and family, Lord, that, that we'd feel your presence this week and that we um, would remember that you are working through us no matter what and your kingdom is always advancing no matter what. And God, I pray that as we go into the weeks ahead that um, we would really feel that and know that and that we would feel your love and compassion in such powerful, tangible ways, Lord. Um, yeah, and God... We love you and we thank you. Amen.